From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play. In the last hour on Adelaide's 5AA. Brian Cunningham is a Football Hall of Famer player and, of course, administrator. It got uh, the Magpies from the sample into the AFL. Supporters follow football clubs. They follow clubs. They don't follow the AFL. Everyone has an allegiance to a footy club and, and those allegiances go back a long way and they are family-oriented and parents and your grandparents barrack for your club and, and those things become history and become part of people's lives and entwined in people's lives. So to knock that off is going to be really, really difficult. So that's the big worry and the fact that it might be a permanent thing is the major, major concern. Extraordinary uh, story overnight. Police chase across the city. Cam Inglis is covering the whole thing for 10 News First. Certainly was a, a bizarre finish to a pursuit across Adelaide and finished right out the front of police headquarters last night. A man and a woman were arrested while another woman was taken to the Royal Adelaide Hospital with a stab wound. Now for the latest 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Seven minutes after eight, you heard from Brian Cunningham there. George Fiacci joined us as well. We're going to talk about the future and present of Port Adelaide after 8.30 today. If you've got a call, 8223 is the number. Love to hear from Port fans, Sandville fans, South Australians. Feels like a big day yesterday and a day that was going to be big for another reason. It was meant to be the 150th celebration instead. Now, uh, just uh, 12 hours on, we're contemplating the future of the Magpies in the Sandville, if indeed there is one. Lots of thoughts coming in, lots of questions, primarily... Um, primarily people asking, why, on, what about the VFL? Well, we can just, to, to about the 75 texts, we've got of people saying, what about the VFL? Yeah, the VFL cops the same rules. Exactly the same deal across the board. Hmm. It It is it is going to make things very difficult for uh, those competitions right around the country. VFL is obviously different because the AFL grew out of it anyway, so those major clubs have already left. The cultural impact on the, on the sandfall is significantly greater having the Port Adelaide Magpies' very future, and indeed their present, uh, threatened. Eight minutes after eight, let's uh, switch our attention to uh, businesses around South Australia and how the various points at which they engage in government are being understanding of the circumstances that they currently find themselves in. Uh, Stephen Lee runs uh, uh, Plus 82, uh, a restaurant in the city of Adelaide. Stephen, good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? We're good, thank you, Stephen. Now, Stephen, I, I was following your, your case in, with great interest yesterday and I, I note this morning that there's a there's an article on page 11 of the advertiser with the, the, the somewhat triumphalist headline, City Councillors Wish List to Make Adelaide CBD Vibrant Again After Shutdown, where the Lord Mayor and other councillors are quoted talking about all the great things they want to do for the City of Adelaide. It seems to jar somewhat with your predicament where you run this fantastic Korean restaurant, Plus 82 Pocha, where you've now got absolutely zero income because of the way your your floor plan is designed and the fact that you have been unable to operate for takeaway, and even though you've got no money coming in, you're still being charged rates by the council. Yeah, correct. Um, 
Look, we we got multiple outlets in the CBD um, running Korean Korean restaurant and Korean barbecue, um, especially for this Korean barbecue place. It's just not suitable for takeaway because it's all about the dining experience. Family and friends gather around an open grill and cook together. So it's really hard for us. Um, so yeah, you, you're right. We we had no income for probably past about six weeks, mm. um, and we still have to pay for those outgoing, uh, which includes the city council rate. And, and your council bill, what was it? It was, what, 1600 bucks for the quarter? Um, for one of our shops, we pay about 1500 per quarter, mm. uh, 1500 to 1600 quarter. Um, so, yeah, it's up. Um, for small business owners who, who have no income whatsoever, So, Stephen, just take us through what happens. You get the bill. Uh, you presumably you've, you've approached the the Adelaide City Council. What do they say to you? Well, it's more that the bill we get from the landlords. So, the, right. our landlords been kind enough to waive um, our rent from March. Um, however, we still have to pay for the outgoing, um, which includes City Council rate. And you know what? I really didn't think about waiving those rates until. Um, Peter sort of approached me um, about this matter, mm. Mm. so I think I think it will be good for all small, small business owners um, if they don't have to pay for the city council rate. Well, our understanding is that um, both uh, Mitcham and Prospect councils have mm. been waiving rates for businesses yeah, that are in a position like yeah. yours. Yeah, we actually have the opposition leader Peter Malinowskis on the on the line mm. as well. Um, we'll jump over to him now. So Peter Malinowskis, State Parliament sitting, and the opposition is still pushing for this um, this piece of legislation that would uh, prevent councils from billing businesses such as Stevens. Um, have you had any formal reply yet from the government about what their thinking is on your on your proposed bill? No, we haven't, Dave. And look, I'm really hopeful that Stephen Marshall will give this bill a tick of approval, and we can get it through the Parliament uh, this today or if not today and tomorrow um, and that will make a material difference to businesses not just like Stevens, but throughout metropolitan Adelaide and, and indeed regional South Australia for these businesses that are getting they're getting council rate bills despite the fact that the government themselves are telling them they can't trade and I just think there's a basic philosophical question here if you've got government telling business you can't operate then at the same time government can't be taxing that business for the operations that it can't even undertake Hmm. Uh, yet that's exactly what's occurring at a local government level. We've seen other tiers of government throughout the country step up to the plate here, including other councils in other parts of the country. Um, and like you said, Mitchum and Prospect have already made this step, but other councils haven't, and I think they should be compelled to. And hmm. our proposition is really elementary. I mean, we're not talking about huge amounts of revenue to local government. We're only talking about waiving rates to those businesses that have been restricted from trading. Um, it's relatively small in, in the context of things, but absolutely necessary for those small businesses who are trying to survive. If local government can't be trusted to uh, make responsible decisions when it comes to rates of this circumstance, does it give you pause to rethink your opposition to the, uh, the, the government's rate-capping policy? Well, we oppose the government's rate-capping policy because we fear that it would actually have a counterproductive effect of, of reducing rates. Um, if rate-capping had been put in place, it would have handed over the decision-making to a SCOSA, who were the same people who set the water rates bills, and they put in place a cap 
that was in excess of what most councils were changing. Mm. This is a different proposition altogether. This is a simple elementary question about stopping councils from charging businesses for collecting rubbish when they don't even have any rubbish to yeah. collect. So the, so the model there was wrong, but to the, to the philosophy that underpins it, it, do you think there's more scope for the state government now to intervene in the, the setting of rates for local governments? I mean, this would seem to me a pretty obvious situation. Charging people have been directed not to open, um, to, for mine, means you've you forfeited the right, I would think, uh, to make these sorts of determinations. Look, I think in these extraordinary times, we've got an extraordinary sort of situation which, was, which necessitates government intervention. I mean, state government ultimately has the power here to stop this, which is why we've got the bill in the parliament. And we're not seeking to make a particularly partisan political point. I would absolutely applaud and congratulate Stephen Marshall if he decides to support this bill so we can help these businesses survive. I think everyone collectively understands that every single business that survives this pandemic, it's good for the state's economy as a whole. We've got an obligation to maximise that opportunity. This bill does that. Um, we, we put on the table as a constructive idea. I would really welcome Stephen Marshall supporting it. Just finally, Peter Malinowskis, how, how, would, how would you ensure, though, that councils like the Adelaide City Council don't go, well, there's 1600 bucks a quarter that we've lost, and if you multiply that by however many other businesses are in that position, next thing you know, they turn around and look at, you know, Clive, the maintenance guy who's standing there with a broom and go, maybe we just get rid of him. Uh, Section 3 of our bill, Dave, deals with exactly that. Um, it states that nothing in this section shall give a council a right to alter the employment status, such as standing down, or to reduce the employment conditions of an employee in the council. I don't think that um, looking after small businesses with rate relief should be used as a justification for sacking workers who are providing a service to the community. State government isn't sacking workers and their incomes are going down. Federal government isn't sacking workers and their incomes are going down. Uh, we don't think there's a justification for that at the local government either. Mm. Peter Malinowskis and Stephen Lee, thanks for joining us. And we'll, we'll follow that up with the government to see what their position is because it's been kicking around for a couple of weeks now, this proposal, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. It's, it strikes me as a no-brainer. But, you know... Well, the, the, the it, principle the of fact... fairness is like, you know, poor old Stephen, his restaurant's shut. It's not like he's got the, you know, 14 Sulo bins filled with the, the remnants of last night's excellent bulgogi and kimchi hanging yeah. out the side of it. You know, it's, it, he's not actually doing anything that costs the council money because he's not operating. You know what I think there is? And this has appeared in a number of different guises now, and I don't think anyone's deliberately trying to rip anyone off or be inconsiderate, but there's a sort of a... Um, there's a calculated ignorance to the way in some areas of government and businesses are operating in this current environment where... They don't, they're not deliberately out to rip people off, but they're the happy beneficiary of a couple of oversights here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what? There seems to be a lot of incidents where it's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, we probably should have realised that no one, these people don't have jobs who are applying for us for hardship concessions. These kind of things where, uh, oh, yeah, no, no, of course, we, we, we were getting very understanding, but we didn't go out of our way not to bill people who aren't in a position to be able to pay things. That seems to be this, this sort of, I think, pretty weak mentality that, that is existing in a number of places at the moment. Yeah. And and the council here is just a, a card-carrying example of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, a bit of an oversight. Who knew? Mm. Well, the person who knew is the one who... who 1,600 a week, I was just doing the maths in my head. So that's, that's probably two casual staff a week. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned that headline in the Tizer article today. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the article. The problem is when you've got all the councillors having this sort of orgy of backslapping about how they're going to, you know, hit hit go, hit green for go to revitalise the city. Well, 
making sure that as many of the existing restaurants as possible come out the other end by not charging them when they're shut might be a pretty good basic start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.